Before we get started, I have an important message. If you're on Medicare or about to be, you don't want to go it alone. And you don't want to just call the first guy who sends you a postcard. My husband did that, and he wound up with some bad advice that costs us a penalty each month that will never go away. So what can you do? Contact one of our member experts by going to certifiedmedicareagents.com and searching your state for an agent. You'll be able to look through our member agents and read about them. Then you can reach out to the agent or broker you select directly through the site. Now, one thing you should know is other sites who do this sell your information to 15 or more agents so you can get hundreds of unwanted phone calls. Not so with CertifiedMedicareAgents.com. You'll only be contacted by one agent, and if there is a problem, I may personally reach out to you, but generally you will only hear from the one agent you select. So head on over there right now before you forget and find a qualified and certified agent that can help you today. Now, let's start our program. Hi there, this is Kathy from Rock Your Retirement. I've been featured on other podcasts over the years, so I thought I'd let you have a listen. It will give you an opportunity to hear other shows that might interest you. Enjoy! On tonight's Hillbilly Nerd Talk, we have very special guest, Kathy Klein, teaching us how to rock our retirement. Welcome to Hillbilly Nerd Talk with Hank and Petra. Welcome, everybody, to Hillbilly Nerd Talk. I'm Hank. And I'm Petra. And Petra, there's a podcast I've been listening to lately that I've told you about. Yes, you have. And um, I have her on the show as a guest. Introduce her. <laughs> <laughs> Petra's looking at me like I'm an idiot. <laughs> her name's Kathy Klein. Hi, Kathy. Hi. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, you're you're very welcome. Kathy has a show called Rock Your Retirement, which may sound, I don't know, it may sound boring, but I don't think it is because I think we're getting ready to go through a sort of transition ourselves. Well, hopefully this is something everybody and she eventually gets to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Kathy makes it fun. She's, yeah. She has all kinds of guests on a wide range of topics. And it's not just financial stuff, right, Kathy? You're careful to, to tell everybody that. Yeah, I, I like to do something different. There's, I, mean, I don't know, there's probably a million shows and a million blogs on finances. And I wanted to do something that there wasn't a lot of shows or blogs about. And that's why I started it. Well, I don't think there is a lot of information about it. Specifically, I've tried to find a book by doing an Amazon search on yeah. this topic and didn't find anything. What I found was your show. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm actually going to write a book. Right now I have a little freebie that I, I give away, but I'm going to take some of the information and write a book. And I didn't even know what to call it. Like, what's the category to call this show? And so I came up with Retirement Lifestyle. Now, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of other shows like it now. I think... 
a couple of them started right after I did, and I'm trying to collaborate with some of them. Those copycat and bastards. <laughs> no, beat them up. It's, actually, it's actually good. I, oh, okay. I like it. I welcome it. We're going to send the hillbilly mafia like, after a oh, minute. <laughs> we won't but, send the um, cornbread mafia after him. Oh, okay. no, no, no. And and one of them I'm, I'm hoping is not pod fading, but, um, you know, because I really liked his show, yeah. but we'll see. Yeah. I'm going to reach out to him. Pod fading. That's a good term. What's that? It's after you've done some a few shows and you're like, ah, screw this. No, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you ever found a really good show that you liked and it did that? Yeah, a few. Now that you say that, over the years, yeah. there's been a few, and you just kind of wonder what happened to that show. And yeah, then there you see, they haven't posted an episode since uh, 2008. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The sad thing is, is that one of the number one shows in my category is like that. Oh, <laughs> they, they an, and it's like a number one, one of the number one shows. Well, you're about to be number one then, because yeah. obviously, yeah. If people don't put out material they're not going to get and, listeners and why not i don't understand why this isn't a huge category um there like you said there's so meant there's so much information there's there's just a gluttony of information on financial financial prep for retirement but once you get there once you've reached the finish line what what do you do <laughs> yeah i know i i think petra it's because there's no money in it <laughs> 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 well, maybe it's just a there's a niche that's not being filled. I think there's yeah. there's money in anything that there's valuable content, and this is certainly an area. Like I said, I've tried to buy a book on it. I ended up with a book that was um, I can't even remember the name of it. Just, Retire inspired. Yeah, I don't remember the author. Yeah, Retire but... inspired. Doesn't that sound like what you're up your alley? It does. It has. Nothing, I'm going to read that book. It, it has nothing to do with it. It's all oh, finance. It it's all finance. It's just how to prepare to be financially ready to retire is all it mm. is. So anyhow, you give you have some very valuable information. I love it. Thank uh, you. And you know, we're we're grappling with even the word retired. Like it implies you've been working at a factory or a coal mine for the last forty years and you're just ready to You're broken and you're gonna sit on the porch. I mean that's what right. my mind goes to. Yeah, and we're getting ready to have a lifestyle change is what I'm going to call it. It's it's the closest thing we're ever going to have to retirement, but we're never really going to retire. I, I wish there was a different word for that. Do you know of one? I know. Maybe between the three of us we can come up with a different word. Right, because some people do retire. Like, I get it. If you have worked in a factory or coal mine for 30 years and you – you know, you get off that bulldozer for the last time and you're like, hell yes, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. That that dude is retired. He's a total different lifestyle or different career, different anything. Yeah. But us, what we're getting ready to do is basically, I have to be careful with my wording here too. <laughs> I have a business and, you know, until papers are signed and checks are cleared the bank, Nothing's for sure, but it looks like I have a business that is going to get bought out by my business partner, my medical business with six locations, which is really Great. what I've identified with as being, for all practical purposes, let's just say I'm a physician. I'm not, but <laughs> it's it's basically that type of a thing. Well, yeah, you have a 50-50 business partner. You've worked together for over 20 years. Right. He's going to buy your half of the business out. 
Right. And it's going to be a sizable amount with the land and the business and all this stuff. So I'm going to be out of that business. I'm going to be out of the medical business. But me and Petra have always had this side business of of rental property and rental stuff, which we're coincidentally at the same time because we're idiots <laughs> we uh we oh it's just actually coincidence we're not idiots but coincidentally we're buying a bunch more property that came up for sale unexpectedly so we're doing that at the same time and you're gonna put a bunch of mercedes girls in those properties right <laughs> <laughs> we, we, sure is <laughs> right inside joke everyone inside joke <laughs> you have to listen to all the episodes to get that one <laughs> that's right you do that's, I, you know i was just getting ready to say you know we used to have a renter and i forget that you've been listening <laughs> where do you think i came up with that word <laughs> yeah mercedes girl was one of our adventures for sure in oh. renting that was that was gone horribly wrong. That is, and it's funny because we've got so many renters who are marvelous, wonderful. We love them. They're members of our community, and and they're just great. And they never get talked about on here because they don't, they aren't Mercedes girls. <laughs> they're, they're not good, right? They're not good stories to tell. So anyway, but but that kind of a career affords you. I mean, we can hire a property manager, and then if we want to take off for two weeks, we don't have to do crap. Or little. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. So for all practical purposes, what I'm getting at to make this story, to wrap this up, was we're kind of going to have a lifestyle change where we can act like we're retired, even though we're not really retired. And That's I keep to trying to it. remind him, though, that I just spent a year and a half in school going to <laughs> going, going back to cosmetology school because I was an environmental scientist for 20 years. Wow. I quit that job helped with the property management when that was under control we got a property manager then i went back to school to do what i wanted to do so so like i'm getting ready to go to work he's getting ready to not go to work so we're just kind of <laughs> we're in a mess wow. we're in a mess kathy kathy yeah it's you, time to listen to some of my episodes <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know the the girl you had on maybe two episodes ago where she was saying she had these steps I think she might have had seminars or something. Yes. That was good. Um, which one was that? You know, I have to tell you a little secret. Uh-oh. And that is my episodes are all pre-recorded months in advance. Aha. Uh-huh. Months wow. in advance because because of what I do for a living. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um I can't I can't do any episodes October, November or December. And so I always have a bunch, I guess podcasters call it in the can yeah oh yeah and so if you tell me something that released two times ago i'm gonna have to go back and refer to my list (laughs) interesting okay well unfortunately well we'll look it up here but 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 it was great information about basically she had these steps you go through to you know to evaluate your retirement situation it was like um you know emotional stuff uh financial Was was that joyce richmond or Janelle Anderson, they're both kind of um, coaches. I think I think it was Janelle. Janelle, yeah, okay, great. Yeah, and it sounded like like right up our alley. I'm like, man, if that was close, I think I'd take that. If that was a close yeah. seminar, because yeah. that would be that's a you know, it's she, a six week program, and I think I think the type of life changes that you're looking at, you can't do in a three day seminar. Right. I I agree. 
I agree. Well, I can tell you a little secret. I think she and I have been working together to do something. I have a Facebook group, a private Facebook group. Oh, nice. Okay. And um, you two are welcome to join if you'd like. Um, but All right. Right. <laughs> we, I'm, I'm looking at trying to figure out a way to help people even further in addition to the show. And one of the things that I was thinking about doing is a membership site. And I asked Janelle, hey, would you be willing to put together an online class? And she said, yeah. So who knows? That might be something in the works, you know, that you can take from her. No, well, that'd be wow. nice. Wow. Well, there would be two people signing up right now. So. Awesome. <laughs> right. That'd be great. But and, yeah, I think, and, and from based on what you said about you don't know what to call it because you're not going to be retired, but you're financially able to retire. Right. Yeah. And then what do you do? That's a word that we need to create because there are so many people that don't want to retire. They don't want to just stop working. I mean, take my husband, for example. He's um, financially able to retire. He doesn't work per se for money, but wow, does he do a lot. I mean, he's on the board of a couple of companies. He, you know, he does a ton of, of work. Right. Yeah. Who knows? Sometimes if these companies make money, then then we'll get something for it. But basically, he just has stock. Um, I wouldn't. I mean, he's considered retired, but he's not sitting around watching Westworld. Right. <laughs> Although we do love that show. <laughs> all right. Well, he's not watching it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it looks to me like like and and it's the baby boomers really driving this. Yay! But they're redefining retirement. It it's just a next phase of life. It it. They're back to being like carefree, like teenagers, but with way more resources than than they had as a teenager. Exactly. So you're seeing that? Absolutely. Okay. So you've got two types of people, basically. Um, you've got people that are financially able to retire, and then you've got the people who haven't done anything. And <laughs> those people have, uh, they are hurting. Right. Yeah. People who have done no thought. At all, and you'd be surprised at how many people. When I was a full-time financial advisor, um, yeah. disclaimer: I don't really do that anymore. Um, I have a few clients that that I maintain, but I don't look for new clients in that area. So you've yeah. done the financial um, part of it, obviously. Okay. Yeah, I've done that, and and we're, you know, I'm able to do the the show. Obviously, if yes. I was still full-time, I, I would not have time to do that because when I was when I was doing that, I had over fourteen hundred clients, and wow. um, one day. I, I said, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. And yeah. I was lucky enough and financially prepared enough to where I, this, sound, this is going to sound stupid because my business was bringing in over six figures. Yeah. And I didn't even sell my business. I just walked away from it. I just said, I'm not doing this anymore. And I walked away. And I, I don't think that's crazy or stupid at all. In <laughs> fact, I think it's one of the yeah. bravest things I've ever heard. Or dumbest. No. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, it's not. It's not. Like at a, at a certain point, at a certain point in, in, in most jobs, I'm not saying career, I'm saying a job, you look at it and is, is, this, is this eating me alive or am I getting something out of it? And if it's eating you alive, if it's draining all of your energy, then you do need to walk away from it. Right. Yeah. The sad thing is I love the people. It yeah. was... It was the um, the BS of being a financial advisor on commission that I didn't like. You know, everything I did was looked over my shoulder. In fact, if I were still doing that, 
probably every episode of my show would have to be reviewed by a compliance person before I could release it. I got you. And um, it was just, it was just, uh, like you said, Petra, it was draining. You know, it's like, ugh. And, And I just didn't want to do it anymore. So now with the clients that I've maintained, it allows me the freedom to be able to do what I want to do. I still get some income from that. Yeah. And it's about 30 people. And, um, I just, I, I love all my clients. I, I don't look for new ones, but, um, but I just, I just love working with them and I love the freedom of being able to do the, the show. Oh, wow. Well, that's awesome. Uh, applauding you for that. Yeah. That's a positive change. Yeah. It's so Thank rare you. to find somebody that can do that. And uh, we've mentioned it on the show and in life, I try to tell anybody who will listen, who is seeking some advice on career stuff is God, do something you like, not something that makes you money. You know, it's great if it does both. Yeah. But for God's sakes, you've got to like your career or you're just not going to like your life. Right? Well, part of it is we are so tied to our stuff. We are. In, yeah. in this society. Oh. Did you happen to listen to the episode on um, the the woman who retired at age 40 and moved to Costa Rica? <laughs> no. no. Okay. So... So she was living in Los Angeles, and she was in a high-powered job in the rat race, and her name was Wendy Holt, and it's episode, mm, let's see, number nine. This is Rocky Retirement. Yeah, Rocky Retirement, episode nine. And she just said, you know what? We're moving. And so she and her husband moved to Costa Rica together, and, and she gave up her job. He gave up his job, and she is loving it. Now she has a bed and breakfast, so kind of like you, she can you know she can work when she wants. She doesn't yeah. have to work, but she gave up a lot of stuff. You know, Costa Rica, they don't have internet the way that we do. They don't have, they just don't have what we have here. But there, there's something to be said for somebody who can do that, who can say goodbye to all their stuff and it, just. I, I agree, and and we're. I want to say that we're. I don't want to say we're close to that level, but we are on some level like that. Me and Petra We live are. different than most people in our socioeconomic yeah. place. <laughs> I, I drive a I drive a ten year it's more. I I drive like a twelve year old pickup truck named Elmer. Yeah. And and <laughs> and things like that. Like we totally I can see where that lady's going with this and she just took it to the next level. But that's what's allowed us to be able to, we'll just say the word retire. I'm 47. I'm about to be 44, so. And honestly, honestly, I could have, if I wanted to have done this, I could have done this at age 39, yeah, 35 yeah. probably, because we don't live an extravagant lifestyle. We don't have to have the the newest clothes, the latest TVs. Instead of a flat screen, if we had a big giant projection screen that was twelve years old, it'd be just fine with me. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm with you, right? These these objects just can tie us down sometimes. Oh, it does. Yeah. I'm gonna it listen to that episode, episode nine. Okay. I, yeah, I think so I've listened to almost all your episodes, but I don't think I've listened <laughs> to that one. Because I mean, that's inspiring. That's awesome. And How'd I can see doing down? something like that in 15 years. Like I can't see us doing it right now because we're too 
invigorated by this next phase. Like, well, like I, the, I don't think we'll ever move to Costa Rica. I don't care about giving that stuff up, but I just mean what, what Kathy's saying. I'm 100% on board with about we just all have too much damn stuff, right? <laughs> we we, we all do. Some of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Here goes. <laughs> I'm an admitted hoarder of a few items. So. <laughs> I mean, we have, we're a society where every town in America has storage facilities because people have so much crap that they have to rent another space to store their, all all the crap. Oh, don't even get me started. We live in an area, we live in a pretty nice area. I would say it's um, upper middle class. Yeah. Uh And every single house in our community has a three car garage. Three car garage. There are cars parked all over the dang street. People cannot keep their cars in the garage because <laughs> they have so much crap. <laughs> and then they complain when their car gets broken into or whatever. I mean, it, we have a Facebook that's just, group. That's just funny to me. I'm like, put your car in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that Get hard, people. <laughs> well, and I bet the houses are huge, too. I bet there's enough. Like if they wanted to designate a bed, an extra bedroom as a storage room, I'm sure that most of those houses probably have some room to keep family heirlooms or whatever. But they they are they're huge. They're oh. 3,500 square feet. Oh my god! And they're to me they're huge. Now my husband came from a bigger house. He he came from a 5,000 square foot house. And yeah. I said no, we're not going to live in a house that big. That's ridiculous. Right. And um, so when we got married, he sold the house and we bought this one, which is still too big. I mean, I'm like, this house is way, way too big. But at this point, we're not going to move. Right. Yeah. And um, but, yeah, these houses are huge. I mean, when I grew up, I shared a bedroom with my sister. And when we finally got each other, we each got our own rooms. We celebrated. We're like, yay, we now have our rooms. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Well, and go ahead. Well, I'm older than you guys, so probably not a full generation, but a little bit. You know, I'm I'm 51. Right. And so I don't know if by the time the two of you were growing up, if, if the stuff, you know, had already started where everybody had their own room when they were kids. Did, did you no, all have your no, own room? No, not really. I mean, I did, but it's because my sister was older and had already moved out. But but no, I was in the, the age group where if you had two or three brothers and sisters, most people had yeah. they lived with them in the same yep. room. Absolutely. Sure. <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong yeah. with that. Yeah, the parents these days are ridiculous. Just like what you just posted on Twitter. Wait, did you say this on your podcast or was it just Twitter about the pajamas? Uh, we talked about it on the podcast. Yeah. Isn't that, that crazy? Those jammies. Was so I expected these pajamas to be super scary and really nerve wracking. And I, and I was like, okay, I've got to see a picture of these pajamas. So I went on Twitter and I looked at him like, you've got to be kidding. Really? Those are the pajamas that were scary? Give me a break. And I'm so like, it's kind of hard for me because I don't want, I'm such a feminist. I'm like, I don't want to tell like, little boys you know that that you know it's not right to be afraid or what you know i feel like it's bad to say, not address kids fears but then you look up cupcake exactly i hate that term <laughs> i really do but then you look at those pajamas and you're like what <laughs> I don't. I don't believe a kid was afraid of those pajamas. I'm sorry. I just. I don't, I don't believe it. I think, I think somebody's it was parent parents. was crazy. 
<laughs> yeah. And and you know some of these problems they, there's a little meme or a or a joke about it or something I've seen online. And it is kind of ridiculous this first world problems. That's yeah. right. Like and I mean can you imagine trying to explain to somebody in rural wherever Africa and Nigeria like okay we have a problem in America because we have too much stuff and we have to rent these boxes outside of our home to to store i mean they'd be like what are you talking about i mean they, they couldn't even comprehend what no. you're talking about like you might as well be talking gibberish you can That's buy true. you can buy the the crates that they use to sh- like the shipping crates that they use on on Boat. huge cargo vessels and just leave them in your yard to store your junk that's awful. Yeah. That's awful. And that's actually one of the things we talk about on the show is how do you get rid of your stuff? You know, because we are emotionally attached to our stuff. Right. Yeah. You know, and so because each item has usually some personal memory and because we live so easily in the United States, we get these first world problems. And one of those is we have a lot of stuff. Yeah. And how do you get rid of it? Because at some point, you're either going to move into a smaller place, because that's what we tend to do, mm-hmm. or you're going to die, and then somebody else is going to be stuck going through all your stuff. <laughs> going through your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's what estate right. sales are, which I kind of like. I like buying dead, oh, I like, I, I like buying dead people's stuff. <laughs> that's awesome i just sit outside and cry <laughs> she's sad because like, i'm a buttercup oh somebody had that, that little serving spoon and they probably stirred oh. their tea with it every morning and i'm like shut huh, up Hank. that's a ten, uh, that's 10 cents i'll take that that's awesome it's probably got some good karma in it and now you've got that stuff that you're know, gonna have to exactly. get rid of later <laughs> exactly and i tell you i tell you what it terrifies me the thought of my parents passing away because they have so much stuff. <laughs> well, well, what Kathy and, and what we're all saying is, but there's a trade-off for this stuff. Yeah. Like most people, I really <clears throat> believe that if you have a, you could retire earlier if you just didn't have so much stuff as you went along, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And people don't realize that. You know, I have so many friends that over the years, they got a new car every two years. You know, or every four years or whatever it is. And I'm like, do you realize what an impact that is putting on your life? And not only that, but you know how many marriages break up. Right. And a lot of that has to do with money stress. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard it's the number one reason. um, Many, many times I've heard that. But anyway. Yeah, because people are stressed out. I I believe it. When you have... The, the house payment, the car payment, the cable payment, the the payment on your boat, your the storage payment build, on your, your, your storage building. <laughs> right. <laughs> all these payments, all these payments, it, it's a lot of weight on your shoulder. And when you, I'm assuming that the, that you guys are debt free probably without your, I mean, not including all your properties. You're I don't know. But, you're 100% yeah. right. We live debt free. Yeah, and so that is a stress off your shoulders. Sure. You know, and and that's less stress on your relationship. It's less stress on yourself. You're probably not going to get as sick. You know, your cancer is caused by stress. Yeah. A lot of it. Um it really so, bleeds over into everything. It just does. Yeah, and so it's like get rid of the 3500 square foot and move into a 1200 square foot. You know, your your life isn't going to change and I I've told my husband several times that if we ever lost 
everything we own. If we lost all our money in the stock market, if we had to spend all of our money on medical bills, whatever it was, we would still be fine. We would still be fine because we know that the things, although we would, it'd be sad for us to say goodbye and we're trying to figure out how to get rid of all our stuff now, we don't place the emphasis on all of our stuff. Well, that's great. Yeah. That's great. I mean, you're practicing what you're preaching and... And we've read also many articles going back to what you're saying to reinforce that many, many, many articles have been written and psychology <laughs> things uh, produced that once you reach a very basic, your needs being met type level, I'm talking food, shelter, you know, the basics that that pretty much 99% of Americans have. Once you reach that certain level, more stuff has zero to do with you being more happy. I think it makes it worse. I mean, look at all the movie stars. Yeah, look at the movie stars and the singers that commit suicide or they bury themselves in drugs. Right. Because they already have anything. They're not striving for anything else. They're at the end. Right. And I think probably most people listening to us right now are are shaking their heads. Yeah, 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 stuff shouldn't be that valuable to us. But then they go and, get, and they're listening to us in a car that has a car payment. Exactly. And, and most people give lip service to this stuff, and they kind of know it, but there's just something about our society, this whatever the old saying of keeping up with the Joneses or my kid says he wants an Xbox One and I want my kid to have what I didn't have or whatever is there's Whatever a whole real weird mind. generation coming through with that. That, that yeah. I don't know. Parents seem to feel some sort of guilt complex with these well, kids. I think a lot of them are divorced. Yeah. Okay. Good and point. you're going to feel guilty. I mean, what, what do we have? A 50% divorce rate yeah. in the country? Yeah. I think. And so you already have guilt, I think. Now, I don't have kids. I know you don't have kids either. Yep. So we're kind of in the same situation where we're telling people how to raise their kids and we don't have them yeah (laughs) (laughs) but um but yeah i think that's a big part of it you know just from what i've seen how people raise their kids that that they're trying to make up for something you know they think that they can give them gifts or you know i don't know how many kids in my neighborhood have these little motorized vehicles you know they're (laughs) yeah five hundred dollar vehicles and i yeah i'm like okay but you know you're well, no, smaller than golf. They're like, I don't know, little kid cars that have motors in them. <laughs> and, um, you would have died to have one of those when we were kids. Yeah, I, think it, I, know. I know. They were so expensive, though. I mean, we never would have gotten one of those. But let me tell you, a lot of these kids that have these things, they need to be... They need to be on a bike, okay? Let's just... Let's yeah, okay. We, we get you. <laughs> I got you. Well, I noticed something last night. We were we were kind of sitting down to watch something on television. We don't have cable. We have an Apple TV, so we get a pick between... Like, we, we pay for HBO, we pay for Netflix, and we've got YouTube. So we got three choices there when we're sitting down. And you sit down, turn on Apple TV, and there across the top are all of the the holiday kids' movies that you can rent. Now, they're like 5 or $6 a piece to rent. But as soon as you turn it on, boom, there it is. So it's got to be really hard if you're a parent trying to teach your kid and tell your kid no. And as soon as you turn the television on, like you're home, you're away from everything, you turn it on, boom, there's, there's that ad. Like, 
everywhere you go, every store is just packed to the gills. Every aisle is filled with kid crap because kids are the big consumers right now. And every advertisement that you see, it's like, boom, kid stuff. And just thrown in your face over and over again. And I guess I'd never noticed it before last night. And it was it was all <laughs> holiday movies. I was just like, God, how hard would that be? You would be watching Rudolph tonight and you'd pay for it. Right. And it's not just that. It's the it's the uh, the candy and the toys and everything that they want. I mean, I would be interested to know if there's been a study done on, I don't want to call them regular kids, but, you know, regular kids versus Amish kids. Right. Yeah. They don't they don't have TVs. Right. Yeah. If I'm correct. Yeah. I mean, I live on the West Coast, so we don't have a lot of Amish people here. <laughs> but um, we have community. We have communities here. Yeah. And yeah. And, and I don't know about Amish because they have a whole separate set of issues themselves. But but I don't know what you're saying. And I'm sure there's studies on kids that basically aren't given everything versus kids who are given everything. And I'll I bet my life. The, the loving family with kids not given everything, I'll just, I just, I know those kids kick those other kids' ass in life. I know they do. Yeah. 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 So here's what we can all do in retirement. So, okay. so we don't have kids. What we can do is we can start a, a here's how to raise your kids website. <laughs> Perfect. <Yes. laughs> we know better than you, damn it. That's the name That's of it. Right. Dot com. <laughs> yeah. We know better. Oh, it drives me crazy. My best friend posts videos and she didn't have kids until 39 and 42 maybe so she so she has two young kids now and she posts videos on facebook of them throwing tantrums and i'm like like reinforcing it i guess positive reinforcement like, Wait, so she's doing that like it's like it's funny, funny or like it's funny? Oh. And I'm just like, and and she'll never hear this, so I can say this. It drives me nuts. I'm like, I, I've unfollowed her on Facebook, so I don't have to see this anymore because it was <laughs> a daily temper tantrum, and she would sometimes call it the daily temper tantrum. And I'm like, nice. bust her ass! <laughs> no, that's terrible. <laughs> I usually just unfollow the videos or unfollow the the like whole right friends. now. Yeah, just I'm, I'm I'm not real good with Facebook. They know well, it. They know I don't answer anything. <laughs> right, but what happens if you unfollow certain things? You'll stop seeing it. So, for example, I unfollow right now all articles on food. Okay. So somebody's oh. posting how to make brownies. They're posting how to make this delicious cheesecake or yeah. delicious this or you know it just makes me want to go eat so i just fo- i unfollow all that stuff and now i'm getting less of them hmm. nice. so if you unfollow the screaming kid videos you'll probably get less of them <laughs> <laughs> all right. yeah. i don't know if she was getting multiple ones or just from her friend but either way I think it was just my less, friend but less, I was, uh, less screaming kids traumatized by it I more like, cat i know Phenomenal. this person it, and yeah, she's more not cat. stupid more cowbell more cat videos yeah more cat more videos, cat videos less screaming yeah exactly um so i wanted to oh yeah and as we again we want to call it retirement different phase of life whatever we're, t- we're calling this you know it's never been easier to do new things yeah and new hobbies and things like that that's what do we all just get so rigid that we're just i don't know that our brain just gets programmed into one 
loop like in Westworld that we just can't get out of that loop? <laughs> like yeah, maybe they're out. telling us something. I think they're breaking out. Maybe we can break out too. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how easy is it now? Let's just face it. Something like let's say writing a book. Anybody can now write a book, self-publish it. Millions of people can buy it right online from your house. Yeah. You, you can yeah. bypass all the 50 other steps you probably used to have to do even just 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. That is so true. And, yeah, we and, do. And there must be a million things like that. Of That's just one example that just came to my mind, but there must be for us retired or changing careers or something later in life if you want to stay busy you just don't want to stay on the couch and eat bonbons all day like petra i'm gonna keep you (laughs) (laughs) there must be there's just so many things and it it, it's almost heartbreaking for me to hear people because i hear it from customers all the time when i say oh what do you do today i just stayed around the house i just didn't do nothing that just kills me to hear that do you have Meetup there where you live? What do you mean? Um, there's a, a site called meetup.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I have had at least three guests on my show talk about it. Tell and me about it. Yeah, tell well, us. <laughs> so basically, Meetup is a place, it's online, but okay. you meet in person. So let's say that you want to write a book, okay? Okay. You could start a Meetup for aspiring authors. And you guys could get together once a month or whatever. You just put it up on Meetup, and then people join the site, and then you schedule a time to get together either at a restaurant or at your house or whatever. When my husband and I got married, we didn't have a lot of um, a couple friends, you know, and, and uh, he had you're, come you're from... You're saying our, our problems here. <laughs> Keep talking. Yeah. yeah, so we actually, so we had joined a Meetup um where we live and it was called fun friends. It doesn't exist anymore, but oh. we met a bunch of people on this, uh, on this, uh, site cause we would have parties and we would just do things. And we thought, wow, this is really cool. But nobody in the, nobody really was married or together. And so we thought we would start a meetup. And so I started one and it was for married people at the time. It was for people over Forty, okay, mm-hmm. and I've changed that to fifty because I have to be the youngest one in the group. Right, <laughs> awesome, <laughs> nice call. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so anyway, it's for married couples or people who have been together over two years. Uh huh. And um, and we met a bunch of friends that way. Now the the group really right now is not hugely active because now we have a you know bunch of friends, but that's how we met all of them was starting this meetup, and we would just do things. We would. We would go to free concerts here in on the West Coast during the summer. We have a lot of free concerts. Yeah. So right. we would do things like that. I would try to find things for free because I wasn't really sure what everybody's financial status was. Right. Yeah. That way, right. Eliminate, yeah, and the, then, eliminate, eliminate the variables. Yeah. Yeah. So we didn't want to, you know, go to dinner where it's going to be $50 a person because a lot of people can't afford that. Uh, but occasionally we would post something that was expensive. You know, like a, 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 a real concert that you had to pay for or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we met a lot of people. It's meetup.com. And like I said, yeah. at least three of my guests have brought that up. And so anything you want to do, if you want to play tennis, if you want to, let's say you're whatever, if, if there isn't already a meetup, you can start one. And the person who starts it, the person who owns sort of, I don't want to say the site, but who who has the 
the thread right. going on. Right. Yeah. The, the mediator, thread. They moderator, have, whatever right. it is. Yeah. They have to pay. Okay. okay. And it's about, I don't know, 15 bucks a month or something like that. And you can have up to three of them. A lot of people use it for business purposes. I never wanted to use it for business. I just mm-hmm. wanted to use it for fun. Um, like, like, I don't know, like a coach, yeah. a, a fitness coach would have a meetup where you get together and do a, um, what do you call it? What do you call that when you join the army and you have to go through oh, boot camp? camp. Yeah, so they'll have those, and they'll charge fifteen bucks a person or something for them. But a lot of them are free, and um, oh, yeah. or they'll ask you for a donation to help cover the cost yeah. of the you know fifteen bucks a month. But I I love it, oh. and if you're going through a change of life where you now have the ability to do things during the day, and right. Petra, if you're a hairdresser, you can or cosmet cosmetologist, yeah, thank cosmetology, you, yeah, you Slutty can schedule that. You can do that when you want. You can yes. do that when you want. So if you want to do other things during the day and you want to find other people who are in your same situation who want to do things during the day, I highly recommend it. That's All awesome. Right. That is. That's a great idea. That is a great because, idea. Because we complain about this amongst ourselves at least once a week because like our couple friends have moved away or they're right. having kids now. And it's it's kind of like... Wow. <laughs> well, their kids are that age that they just require all their time, which yeah. is great. That's what they should. Yeah. But, but yeah, they don't have a lot of time for us. No. Right. No. And that happens when, when you don't have kids and your friends do. And that's kind of where Les and I were as well. You know, because we don't have kids and we're in, in that situation, we have time when they, they don't have it. And also, you know, if you don't have kids, you don't necessarily get invited to all the parties in the neighborhood where yep. all the kids are. Right. <laughs> Thank, <know>? Thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. We like to make an appearance when we're invited, but we, we won't stay for six hours. <laughs> right. That's right. That's us. <laughs> we'll show up, bring the bourbon. <laughs> right. Exactly. They right. all need it. Oh. <laughs> well, the retirement stuff, what you're saying, and I guess this is a common theme, and, and your guest had said this the other day, too, and it all comes down to, I think, just being proactive. Like you were saying, people who aren't even remotely prepared for retirement financially, those people just weren't very proactive about it. Yeah. And when you actually, like the, the point that me and Petra are at, like, you know, we're reaching out to you. I'm trying to find books on this. And yeah. we're being proactive on what we want to do when we retire instead of reactive or just, okay, well, what do I do now? <laughs> <laughs> we can't podcast 10 hours a day. Oh, I would, days a week. You, I would strangle you with your microphone cord <laughs> if you got on that kick. <laughs> so I like it. I like Kathy's show yeah. who gets you to think about that stuff because it's not something a lot of people the people should think about it more. Yeah. Yeah. Even well, we all know that we need to think about the financial part. Sure. You know, because if you, you know, it's like you were talking earlier about your needs being met. If you don't have that basic need of being able to put clothes on your body, food yeah. in your mouth and a roof over your head, you're not going to worry about meetup. No. You know, you're not, you're not going to worry about some of the other things that I talk about on my show. Um, 
But if you have that taken care of, if you've got the basic needs, then there are other needs that you need to be met. And like you said, no one's talking about it. And so that's why I do. You know, I and, and I'm not an expert by any stretch. I interview people. I have guests on my show that are either experts in a certain area or they're retirees and they can give my listeners their expertise. Yes. Yes. Well, I think it's valuable information. It's just yeah. it's just valuable life information just in general. So so I love it. I think it adds a lot. All right, I've got to ask you a few questions about retirement. When sure. I'm just going to call this retirement, whatever it is. <laughs> All right. When a special place. When is my old man love for old westerns going to kick in? <laughs> Oh, that's, uh, well, you started watching Westworld, and that's the modern it, it's already started. It's, yeah, <laughs> I, I think Westworld has kind of put you in that old man category. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> it snuck up on me, Petra. It did. It kicked you in the Petra, ass, too. You're going to have to get him one of those gunslinger sets for his next birthday. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So get me the whole uh, Gunsmoke DVD collection. You keep asking for a Dolores robot. <laughs> <laughs> No, he don't give him that. Do not give him no that. Worry. that <laughs> you can see funny. all kinds of problems coming ahead on that. A Dolores robot. <laughs> I think I've dated Dolores robots before. Just crazy. We're ready to kill crazy you. Crazy killers just at any time ready to don't. Don't give Flashbacks. anything away. There's probably people who haven't listened yet or haven't watched that show yet. Don't give it away. All right. When will Petra... I want to know when her love for Texas or Walker, Texas Rangers, going to kick in. Oh, does any woman really love that? I all don't know. women here love it. All oh, they do. It's an old Appalachian woman thing. Oh, okay. Well, it's probably it's probably right around the corner, Petra. You're probably <laughs> going to as soon as you as soon. But I don't know. As soon Petra's, as I develop an appreciation for Chuck Norris, right? I don't think that's going to exactly. happen. I think but I'm going to miss that boat. I'll just sit on the couch and eat bonbons, okay? Yeah, the reason why that's not around the corner for Petra is because she's starting, you know, she's getting ready to start working. Yeah. That's so right. back to work. Yeah, I'm putting her to work so I can sit on the couch and watch. That's right. <laughs> you're going to have to wait day. for that one. <laughs> that's what's going on around the old Yates household. Yep, yep. <laughs> You know, there's a lot of people in our Appalachia area, <laughs> no lie, that is exactly their life. Their wife is like a a, a nurse or something, hairdresser. And, They're going to work. Yeah. Yeah, and the dude stays home with some disability or some, I just can't find a job around here, and <laughs> and just piddles around the house all day long, waits for the wife to get home. It's a pitiful situation. <laughs> Well, you're making me want to come visit. <laughs> uh, we need you to come visit and straighten some of these people out. Oh. That, that is the Appalachian retirement plan. Male retirement plan for a lot of people. I'll Marry a nurse you. or a hairdresser. They'll take care of you. And <laughs> yeah, do you have a um, do you have a uh, an episode yet on faking a disability to get your retirement early? <laughs> you know, I, I I haven't yet, so I'm going to wow. have to think about that one. I think we can get you a lot of experts around here that can uh, totally. You know, if you're if you know if know. you know your coal mine is going to be shut down, laid off people in about a month, 
my back. Oh my God, I fell off my bulldozer today. Holy crap. And, you know, whatever. And they do. They purposely will fall worked, off of it. I worked at a place, like, and, and the, there was one company which was, was a, basically a laboratory, and there were some sister companies. And one of the sister companies employed lower paid people. And during the wintertime, they had to keep cameras on the parking lot because people would throw themselves on the ground in the parking lot if it was the least bit slick to try to get disability. <laughs> so, and like, like the first time it happened, somebody saw it, they, they, they were very proactive, installed the camera so that they could just go back and pull the tape and go, nobody, you threw yourself on the ground. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is sad. <laughs> that is, but that's what parents are teaching their children here. So mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's hard sometimes. So if, if we vent and carry on about the hill, hillbilly part of our, our show, please understand that it's just. It's just rampant oh, around here. That's, just, that's the world we live in. Well, you know, I had a business partner that said something to me once and it's always stuck. And she said, desperate people do desperate things. And mm. I, that, that just always sticks with me. And I always wanted to make sure that I was never a desperate person. Me too. And unfortunately, there are a lot of desperate people out there. I don't know what the financial situation is where you live, but I've gotten the idea that there's a lot of, um, you know, not, not a ton of wealthy people. Is that correct? Oh, correct. for sure. We're, we're one of the highest poverty levels in the nation. Yeah, so Literally. that's probably part of it, right? I mean, when you're desperate, you think you're going to be out of work, and there's not a lot of jobs. You know, factories are being shut down. What do you do? I don't know. Well, thank, that's thank a goodness. complicated. Nobody knows. Right, right. And a lot of the jobs that we have today are going away, and they're not coming back. Yeah. You know, I mean, right. Uh, you know, the the people who built the horse and buggies. They didn't build horses, but they built those buggies. Guess mm-hmm. what? Those jobs went away. They never came back. Those jobs never came back. Yeah. So certain jobs, like here where I live, you're seeing kiosks at the fast food restaurants. They're, you know, they're, they're at the grocery stores. You're seeing kiosks where you don't have a, a cashier. Uh-huh. Eventually, you know, those jobs are going away. So what do you do? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if you're a young person, young enough to um, not listen to my show, I guess, you've got to figure out what you're going to do where that job is not going to go away. What what are you going to do with your brain? Because jobs with your body, physical labor, I think it's just a matter of time until those jobs are gone. Uh, Well, I agree. I couldn't agree more. Well, I think think there's probably going to be a demand, and and this is this – this breaks my heart to even say this. I think there's always going to be a demand for the janitor, for you know the lowest paid people. You know, the, the I have a Roomba. I have one of those little um, robot vacuums. Yeah, right? yeah, but I mean, are are they going to buy a million dollar robot to scrub toilets in a a, a building? Or I mean, Probably there's going to be a, a a demand, and and sadly, right now, a lot of that in in some areas of this country is going to undocumented workers. But right. you know, you've got that strata of of employment, 
And then there's like a big gap now between that and it's not even college graduates. Now it needs to be grad school. Like you've got to have above a college degree because college degrees have become so everyday. Right. Right. But not only that, but college degrees have become less valuable. Oh, yeah. Um, When I first started working um, as a financial advisor, I used to hire people with high school degrees to help me file and do things like that. And then Mm -hmm. it turned out that somebody with a high school degree couldn't file. Wow. So then I, I started having to ask people to have college degrees. Yeah. In order to help me with with what I needed done. And, um, you know, we are we are pretty lucky in this country. I mean, there are other countries like the Philippines where people have advanced degrees and they can't get work. Yeah. And um, I don't know if that's going to happen here. You know, I'm I'm kind of a wait and see. You know, I'm just glad that I have myself set up to where I could do what I want to do. Not everybody has that luxury. I mean, there's lots of people where if they decided that they didn't want to do their job, that they would, you know, they, they'd be out on the street. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. And, and, and to that, I would say, and this shoots us off on a little bit of a tangent, but not really. I mean, there's two things there. One, going back to if all these people didn't need so much stuff, that would help a lot. They're, That's right. You know, you wouldn't have to have two people with incomes in the home to make ends meet if you didn't need so much stuff, right? That's true. That's true. I mean, that's, one thing. I mean, that's one thing. That's just one aspect of it. But but then, I you know. all right, I just got done a year and a half in school, you know, cosmetology school. I was with a lot of people who were, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old. A lot of single parents, a lot of single mothers that, you know, it, the only reason they got to go back to school was because their parents were helping them out in some way. And a lot of them worked, you know, part time and some, some of them even full time jobs outside of school and still had to have some form of, of assistance just to feed themselves and their kid. I mean, it's tough to. Yeah. It is. Make ends meet. And if you have a dependent at all, I mean, I just I, I have a whole new respect for people doing that. Well, and the other thing I was going to say, one, the too much stuff. And two, and this goes, I mean, Kathy said she doesn't have kids either and we don't either. There's no law you have to have kids. That's true. That's true. I mean, that's one thing with there's only so much resources to go around. And sooner or later, like Kathy just said. Yeah, it seems like manufacturing, there's going to be a ton. It seems like we're going to be able to do the same thing with probably half the workforce in a lot of manual labor. Well, we're definitely jobs. overpopulated right now. Yes. I mean, it's- How about that, people? Quit <laughs> quit banging so many kids out out there. But, I mean, on the other hand, I'm going to argue with you know with you on this a little bit because because I have so many friends in my age category right now that – tried so hard to have kids late in life you know they waited yeah. till after 35 when they had worked for 10 years and could never get pregnant right so if you're 18 and you get pregnant maybe you ought to go ahead and have it and just try to figure things out as you go because it gets <laughs> a lot harder later on well i would just say a lot of these people and we've said this before i just think about whether you really want these kids or not are you yeah. really want are you 
It seems to is be the a, default default setting for most people. Is it a burning desire to have these kids, or are you just doing what everybody else is doing? Uh, right. And I think a lot of people do, but then you know there mm. are a lot of people that really really want kids. Sure. And I know people that like your friends. They've they've had to work to get their kids. Yeah. Um. You know they've they've done the in vitro, and my goodness, that that is expensive. Yes, it is. You know? And and they they take out huge loans, and then they they have a kid and debt too. <laughs> I know, and you know kids are expensive, right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm not going to tell anybody whether they can have kids or not. That's just not my place. Yeah, but, that's um, kind of that's kind of ground I don't want to tread on either. Well, I'm not yeah. telling people not to have kids. I'm just saying. You should think about it and not just go into it willy-nilly. If, right. if you have a burning desire to have kids, you should have kids. I have no problem with that. But if you have three kids and you're broke with two cars and a giant house and, right. and you're it, just throwing it, it, your heads up, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, come on. you got to take a little personal responsibility for that. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Get your kids to share a room. <laughs> Move into a smaller house. Right. How hard is it? Yes. Get rid of the, the storage building. problem is, like, like, I forget whether it was um, you, Frank, or Petra that was talking about the TV, the ads that come on, and everything's instant. Yeah, Petra. Yeah. That's part of the, the problem. Everything in our society is instant. I mean, if you want if you want something, pull out your credit card. Think about paying for it later. Yeah. That's part yeah. of the reason why we all have so much stuff. <laughs> you know, we, we, don't, we don't think about paying for it. Right. That's and um, we don't realize that this kind of thing is really, it, it really puts a burden on us. And like I said, I don't really like to talk that much about money on my show. It's not, that's not where I do that. But since you're asking, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> money, money does matter. Yeah. And, um, but it's not all that matters. And that's why, you know, I don't know if you've, if you've um, downloaded my secrets about retirement that your broker won't tell you, were you uh, able to get one of those? No, I have not. Oh, We're yeah, getting good so tidbits here for yeah, our listeners yeah. and ourselves. <laughs> it's um plug away. What guide, is it? Yeah, I'm sorry. I said plug away. Give me a, let's okay. do a plug here. I want yes, to hear about please. Okay, I'll plug it. Just go to rockyourretirement.com/slash/secrets, and um, you can download a copy. And it's I don't know, it's thirty thirty eight pages, something like that. So it's it's not one or two pages. It's fairly long. Okay. But um it's basically what I've learned so far in 2016 about retirement. Wow, and, fantastic. Um, yeah, and it's sort of the beginnings of the book that I'm going to write. And you said it's free? Absolutely, you just have to it's a freebie, so you do have to give your email address. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's a, that's a good trade. That is. That is. Yeah, that's a great trade. And um while we're plugging, um what's our website, Petra? Oh, com. What can they do there, Petra? <laughs> Keep talking. <laughs> I like to answer him in these like. <laughs> <laughs> she answers it like crazy. it's a she answers like it's a Jeopardy question. Like, all right, that's awesome. <laughs> and then she'll stop. Like, and <laughs> and, then, and then I get cracked up. We do this every week. Okay, <laughs> we do. it's a running bit. <laughs> so from there, you can you can uh, find us on Facebook. Twitter, you're very active on Twitter. Yeah. Pinterest, I live on Pinterest, and you can 
throw us a little help here. And if you're going to buy something on Amazon anyhow, go through hillbillynerdtalk.com and click on our Amazon banner and... That would help us out and cost you nothing extra. Exactly. Go to Amazon by clicking our Amazon banner. Then you go to Amazon, and somehow they use Fox Magic, and they know that you click through our banner, and it gives us a little kickback. All right. It's very nice. That's awesome. Yeah, and I think your listeners should be doing something to help you out because it is not free to podcast. I don't know if people realize <laughs> that, but you do have to pay in order to, to do this. And even though it's fun – for I think most people that do it do it yeah. for love. Yeah. Um, there are some costs involved. So if you can give back to Frank and Petra by going through their Amazon or giving them a rating and review on iTunes or whatever you're listening to, that all that helps. Yes. Thank you. Right. And it's actually Hank, but that's okay. I like Frank Hank. too. <laughs> Have I been calling you Frank this whole time? Not yeah. this whole time, just the last time. That's okay. I am so sorry. No, yeah, hey, so hey, it's 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 very similar, and believe me, we've done that too. Well, Ooh. I know what I have to do for my retirement. I have to take memory classes. Uh, hey, oh, I, I know. I hear you. I hear with that. This is. I mean, it is just a a. It's almost like diving into deep waters or something like that. Like looking at. At retirement, when you are prepared for it, it it's, yeah. there's so much open to you, and you've got to you've got so much to think about. I guess in order not to be the couch potato sitting there, <laughs> well, just be proactive. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, and most people in life are not this, right? Yeah, I think I think you're right, but when. Um, there's sort of a, a cute little term for the phases of retirement. Do you want to hear them? Yes. Please. So when you first retire, they call that the go-go years. <laughs> go-go years. Go-go years. Like yeah, it. you're off doing things. You're taking trips. You're learning things. You're doing. You're, you're off doing things. Those okay. are the go-go years because you're going. And then the second phase of retirement is the slow-go years, and that's when things slow down. Okay. Okay. You know, so you're, you're not you know, going to the you're nudist, not, not going to the nudist colony anymore. You're, you're not. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> yeah, no more nudist colony, although okay. you'd be surprised. <laughs> um, and so you're, you're slowing down. And then the third phase of retirement is the no-go years. That's oh. when you're too, you know, too frail to go. Right. You just can't. That's right. You can't. And so while you're still young. That's when you want to do the things that you want to do. I, I think it's that's, great advice. Yeah. Absolutely. So get out there and do whatever makes you feel alive. Yes. Unless it's serial killing people. Don't do that. <laughs> How do you even yeah, think of that? <laughs> Besides do that, that, do what makes you happy. Oh, it, you know what? This makes me very proud of my parents because my parents bought an, an RV and in their retirement, they spend a lot of the year traveling and I love it that they're able to do that and we're not taking care of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. And I told you, Kathy had, this is another one you had maybe three episodes ago. You interviewed a dude who lived in his RV or at least he yeah. spent a lot of the time living in it. That was a really interesting guy. You know, and he's written a couple of books about how to live in an RV. I thought that was really um, interesting that he was able to do that. You can be self-sufficient that way if you want. You can, yeah. live, you can live like that. Literally, that'd be your only house. Oh, Lord, yeah, they've got so much stuff. <laughs> oh, he doesn't have a lot of stuff. 
That's Just right. Little stuff you had to get rid of. <laughs> I can't imagine. I can't imagine because because my parents do like it's got to be it, it's a week for them to load the RV before they take off. And it's probably three weeks to unload it when they get back. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> they got to make room for the dog in there. Yeah, she's real big, though. So, <laughs> yeah, like, What kind of dog? A little chihuahua. <laughs> a little chihuahua. That's not a big dog. <laughs> no, it's yeah, not. Yeah, being and it's a tiny one, too. So it's kind of ridiculous. Oh, my but. goodness. I would... Um, yeah, three weeks to unload. Yeah, I guess they're taking a lot. <laughs> oh, oh, they do. Crazy. They load up. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a little mini hoarder. It's a little mini hoarding Well, that, and they, I think they form little communities in different places that they go, and they see the same people, you know, time and time again. Yeah, and the nudist colony, of course, you're going to meet more people. Yeah, right. <laughs> I have friends. I have friends that um, they have a house, and they rented it out, and they went RVing. And they came back for a couple of months, and they're out again. I think it'd be and a great way to it. see the country. They love it. They they are just having the time of their lives. They post things on Facebook about where they're at. They've made a ton of friends. It's it's a whole lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I could do that at least some of the year. I don't know about you know the whole my whole life, but certainly three or four months out of the year, I would totally do that. I can. Handle I wonder. It. I wonder if you can rent. I mean, I know you can rent an RV, but there are so many people that buy RVs and then they just let them sit. Yeah. yeah. And that is an expensive piece of oh, equipment no to just have kidding. sitting there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I bet you can rent them. I bet yeah. you can find one of these people with an RV in their yard and rent it. I bet they would. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, and there's, then, a, there's an idea. There's a million-dollar idea. Yeah. Yeah, rent out your RV. Kind of like, um, what's that place where you rent your room? Uh, Airbnb, it'd be yeah. Air R and V. Yes, yeah, I, that that would totally work. It would. There's our it next would. business opportunity. There the it is. Air R and V. Yeah, or like an RV timeshare. Let everybody right. buy it for a certain oh, amount yeah, of time. Oh yeah, bind in a group, and then everybody get it for so much a year. See, we'll find That's this on uh, Meetup. That's right. Yeah. Meet up. Yeah, meet up RV meetups. Yeah, absolutely. I got one more <laughs> thing to ask you before you get off. Sure. This new way of, of, you know, we're talking about breaking habits and when you when you retire, you know, a different mindset, not just sitting around, all this stuff. Would it be beneficial, have you had anybody on your show talk about the use of, and I'm not talking about recreational partying at a concert. I'm talking serious use introspection type stuff with like psychedelics. I'm talking like DMT uh, ayahuasca, like we could listen to Joe Rogan and some other podcasts that just, and we've seen several YouTube videos on, I don't know. It seems like a tool to jog people out of there. Like, kind of like what we used to have talked about this whole show. Like this is just stuff. We're only on this earth a certain amount of time and, and being part of the universe and all that hippy trippy you know hippie you know kind of i want to say bullshit but i don't think it is bullshit and i really seriously have thought about trying to do something like that in a controlled way to you know to enlighten the rest of my life what have you ever any thoughts about that or no you're the first person who's ever brought it up so the only thing that i would say and since you're in the medical profession you know this right is that sometimes 
people who go on a trip have a bad trip and it affects them for the rest of their lives. And you don't know if you're that person. You don't know if you're going to be the one person out of 10 or I don't know what the odds are that's going to have a bad trip. And so when I was younger, I experimented with drugs and um, just there was one time when I did a particular drug and I said, you know what? I like this too much and I'm never going to do it again. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I thank, May you know, I, I thank kind? the Lord. It, what kind of drug <laughs> it was? My friends do not know that I did this, but it was, we'll keep I secret. must have been 18 or 19 and I did what today would be known as crack. Okay. Ooh. It basically we free based. Yeah. And, yeah. and I didn't know, I went over to my girlfriend's house and she started doing something and she said, here, try this. Yeah. And I didn't know that that's what that was. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so, I felt so good. Just euphoric, right? And, yeah, and I said, you know what? I said, I'm never going to do this again. It was was just too dangerous. I said, this feels too good. Wow. And if I, I think that I was addicted, like, the first time I did it. And, you know, I've had some other experiences, too, where, like, I used to have panic attacks. Yeah. And, um. I would have them at hospitals and I didn't know what it was, but I would have them while I was working and I would be, usually I was talking to somebody and all of a sudden my heart would start racing and I would, you know, I would, I was having a panic attack, but I didn't know what it was. And so I would just say to the person that I was talking to, I would say, look, I don't know what's happening, but my heart is racing and just do me a favor. If I pack, if I pass out, will you revive me? And I just kind of made a joke out of it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the panic attack stopped. And then like maybe five or six years later, I was hearing somebody talk about panic attacks and I'm like, oh, that's, that's what that was. That's what I was having. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm lucky in that I never got, um, certain things that would happen to my body. I never, I would always try to make sure that I wasn't addicted to something or that like with the panic attacks, I would make a joke about it. But over my lifetime, there could have been some bad things happen to me. So I'm just really lucky. But as far as experimenting with psychedelic drugs, um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. That's not something that I ever did when I was younger. Somebody gave me some mushrooms once and I literally carried them around for like five years before I threw them away. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, you're right. Me being in a medical yeah. field, I'm extremely careful or thoughtful about, I mean, if anything's even the least bit addictive, there's no way. Yeah. I would never even try it. But but I have seen some informal studies, a few real studies on DMT in particular like people, what is that? Uh, what, what is that? The, the, the technical, what is it, dimethyltrexate? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. I think like is it, is it um, acid or something? Like what is it? No, it's a chemical. I don't even know where you would get it. I don't know exactly. I mean, I haven't got that far into this. But it, it's just a, it's a chemical, and your body produces it. And, oh. and that's what they're, you know, your body produces it in very trace amounts. And apparently right before you die, in the dying process, your body mass produces it. Like, like I'm talking within the, the last few minutes of your life. Interesting. And, and they're thinking that that's a lot of 
again, they don't do let people do a lot of studies on this because it's a control one substance. They think it's just a useless whatever. But the, the but more studies are starting to come out, and it seems like that it's the drug that your body is producing to let you die in peace. Basically, it's the it's the probably what's causing you to see the bright light. It's this, mm-hmm. it's this euphoria of like, yeah, this peaceful, yeah, it's okay. Things are going to be okay. And then you die. And, um, if, and there's studies specifically with people with, uh, PTSD, um, alcoholics who, again, when used in a clinical way, it apparently is a drug. And again, I'm just speaking from studies and from, you know, from information that I've, I've read. But it seems to be a drug that is so introspective that most people go through some process of almost everybody that does it says afterwards that their life is altered and Mm -hmm. altered for the good for the rest of their life. Like it somehow strips down all the this is just stuff. I'm part of the universe. I'm on a rock floating through space at 186,000 miles an hour right now. Don't get so caught up because somebody cut you off in traffic. Like Interesting. It, like it just seems to be a lot of people go through when they're on DMT, apparently like this death experience of like, this is what it's going to feel like when you die. And you go through this in your mind, like, and then you're like, oh, that's not so bad. And yeah, I am going to die someday. And I should lighten up a little bit and mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And again, I've never done it, but that's the overall theme that keeps popping up over and over and over. So Interesting. It makes, so it makes me want to try it. And it is huh. dimethyltryptamine. Dimethyltryptamine. Gotcha. Well, let me know how it goes. I don't know <laughs> that I would try it. Um, it sounds to me that if it's that great, it would be addictive and I don't know. I just don't want to be addicted to anything. No, I'm, you know, with, I'm with you on that. If I find out it has any addictive properties, but from what I've read, it's not. It's not yeah, addictive. Interesting. Well, there are so many things happening in California where I live. You know, they just made it legal to grow pot and to, you know, have pot for recreational purposes here. Right. And um, But it's funny because a lot of the cities are like, well, we've got an 18-month moratorium. You can't do anything right now. And yeah. I basically am a libertarian. And so my feelings on that are, you know, if somebody wants to do drugs, it's between you and yourself. And if you believe in God, your God, your family. What I would hate is that I've, I've seen instances where one person wants to do something and the spouse doesn't. Right. And yeah. that kind of breaks up the relationship. And right. I'm focused on relationships right now because I think that when you retire and when you get older, your relationships are what is going to hold your life together. Yep. It's the relationships that matter. Great advice. And so, yeah. So if this, this drug is something that, you know, isn't going to affect your relationship and you both agree on it and it's safe and you're not going to you know, have a bad trip and you're, you know, I, I don't know those things because I'm not uh-huh. a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> that is never even heard of advice. That, is that really advice. is. And we've laughed about this before. I think it was Chris Rock that has a, a, a bit on this. And he's, he's like, if you're going to church, your woman's got to go to church. 
If you're going to do crack, your woman's got to do crack. <laughs> yeah. And it's true. I mean, there it are certain true. things in life that you're, if you're not on the same page about them, then everything's going to go downhill very quickly. So we can come to uh, to your place in California and find a ayahuasca clinic and do some DMT, <laughs> right? I don't know. I've never heard of we it. Find so, <laughs> good I- luck with that. <laughs> well, ayahuasca, and then we'll, we'll get off here. But ayahuasca is in Peru. There's there's a plant that that produces DMT, and this plant these people have known. For generations, I mean, going back to the probably hundreds the Incas, of of thousands of years, that they figured out the combination of plants that'll make this. Psychoactive. It's basically used in their in their ceremonies, their yeah. their shamanistic ceremonies. Right. So, so, so these these shaman, you can take trips to Peru. Which scares the crap out of me. I do I, not I, want to. I, I want to do it. Peru. Yeah, I want to do it in the United States. But anyway, yeah, you can take trips to Peru. And and get one of these medicine men to take you out into the jungle and you drink this ayahuasca tea and then have your your DMT experience there. And then they beat the crap out of you and steal your wallet. Exactly. Well, I wasn't even thinking that. I was like, and then you wander off into the jungle and get eaten by something. Right. And then a snake wraps around your head and you're like, oh, it's a pretty kitty. And then you're dead. Kitty, kitty. (laughs) Yeah. And then then a jaguar eats your face off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's not good. Yeah. It's funny. I've never even heard of that. I guess I'm not in the, in, I'm not in that world where I. Uh, see stuff like that anymore well i mean i kept hearing it on the joe rogan podcast so and then from there i started researching it and it seems to be legit so yeah and has has he done this yeah he has and and in fact he has a whole i don't know if you get netflix there's a whole documentary on it called dmt it's called like yeah that would be worth a watch it's pretty good well my only thing is just be careful that's my only thing just absolutely i'm a chicken (laughs) (laughs) yes i am too and is it worth it whatever experience you're going to get is it worth the risk right yeah the thing just like okay so i'll bring it back to the um the gal who moved to costa rica Uh uh-huh so she and her husband moved to costa rica she loved it he didn't like it that much they both wanted to move but once Uh they got there he wound up sitting on the couch, not really doing much, and she was out there doing stuff. They wound up getting a divorce, and he moved back to the United States. So Ooh. whenever you're going to do something that's just a little off, you just want to make sure that the two of you, that's something that you both want because you don't want it, you don't want it to break up your relationship. That's great advice. And yeah. I would also just say to that, some things you don't know, I would say have some kind of a fail-safe agreement. Like, yeah. okay, if we both go down here and don't like it, then we agree right now we're moving back. Or something. I, I mean, yeah. you know, you, uh, try something like that at least. Yeah, because yeah. because if you don't at least give it a try, like then and you have to be on on the same team. Because if you don't give it a try, then you'll sit on the couch and never do anything. Yeah, but I can see where things like that can absolutely split people up, too. And sometimes people just grow apart. I mean, that's just how it goes sometimes. I think a lot of people grow apart because they don't try to stay together. I agree. They don't yeah. work. I no, agree. And I, I'm not saying that everybody needs to work on their relationship. I mean, my husband and I are pretty lucky that we don't fight. I mean, we're like weird. We don't fight about things. We get along. Every now and then there'll be a... 
a snap, you mm-hmm. know, like, but we don't, we don't really fight. And part of it is when we got married, he's, he's one of these people that is just like the nicest person in the world. Oh, he's like me. And <laughs> yeah, when I was younger, I was like the bad boys. I always <laughs> liked the bad boys. And if we would have met you know, 20 years ago, I never, I never would have been attracted to him. Yeah. But because he's such a nice guy, when we first got married, I had to watch myself. I had to, you know, and I told myself, Kathy, you are not going to be mean to him. Yeah. And <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, that's a good mantra. <laughs> he's over here pointing at me. <laughs> we are, as women, we are mean. We can be mean. Yes. We can. As women, we can be mean. We can be a lot meaner to our husbands than we are to our friends. Absolutely. Like certain things we'll, we'll say to our husbands, no problem. We would never say that to a girlfriend. Yeah. And so, you know, like, I don't know, he would say something, you know, in the morning, I'm not really a perky person in the morning anymore. And he would say, hello, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and I just want to smack him. And, <laughs> and smack his jaws not, off. you know, I would just say, oh, I'm good, honey. And then after a while of doing that, that's, that's, I never wanted to smack him after that. You know what I mean? Okay. But I had to train myself to not just blurt out whatever it was that I was feeling at the time. Because if I wouldn't do that to a friend, why would I do it to the man that I've committed my heart to? Absolutely. And absolutely. Yeah. But we, it's so easy. And I think that that's one of the reasons why there's a high, high divorce rate. And I don't want to blame it on the women, but we women have a lot of control. Men are pretty simple. They're pretty easy to get along with usually, unless he's abusive or, you know, some yeah. odd thing. We have so much control in relationships and we don't, um, we don't wield it properly many times, in my opinion. Hmm. Well, that is, that is good. And, that's and, interesting. and it sounds like what you're saying, like any of us, guy or girl, you grew, you, you, you know, you, you grew as a person to, okay, you self-helped yourself. You, you made mm-hmm. improvements on yourself and that's, that's great. Most people don't do that. And, and you've ended up with apparently a, a phenomenal marriage because of it. I married up for sure. Oh, <laughs> oh. No, I awesome. definitely married I think, up. I think I did too sometimes, and then sometimes I still like. Hey, you <laughs> <laughs> watch it over there, woman. No, I, but I think I think it's a choice. I think being in a committed relationship, I think it's a choice you make every morning when you get up. Like, am I all in today? And I think it gets easier to make that choice as you've been in the relationship longer and you've got more common ground. And I mean, it, it's we joke about being on Team Yates. I think, yeah, I think that in a weird way, it's a joke, but it's not a joke either. No, it's, it's kind not of uh, because... the more we say it, it, we are on a team. Yeah. Yeah. And we're both working towards the same goals. And one of those goals is to be happily committed to each other. So and right. that's good. You know, that's going to keep your marriage strong and keep you together. And that's really important. You know, after people, quote unquote, retire, the divorce rate goes up. You know, yeah. people are not used to spending so much time together. Right. Especially people that had kids. They've got that empty nest syndrome. Oh, can't imagine. And um, so I applaud you that you're going on to the next phase of your life with a plan. Right. You know, you're planning, okay, what are we going to do in this next phase of life? Not just, okay, well, 
let's um, let's retire and then we'll spend the next six months cleaning out the garage and then we'll figure out what we're going to do. Well, that, that's, well, that's what we're work. trying to do. That's ex- that's exactly why we're uh, on this interview with you right now. Yeah, you're a part of the process. Yes, and we appreciate. Yes, and this thank you. Advice. Yes, yeah, thank, thank you, you so, so much for coming much. on the show. Um, yeah, we're gonna wrap this up soon because this is, we're just been jabber jaws tonight. No, this is we great. have been. <laughs> um, <laughs> your website is rockyretirement.com. Right. Absolutely. Yep. And of course, um, you can uh, find her podcast on uh, Twitter and uh, just go to the website and you can get it all from there. Right, Kathy? That's right. You can go to the website and I'm on all the, all of these, um, audio, you know, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, everything. You can yes. find me anywhere. Fantastic. And, and as to like Petra mentioned earlier, you can find us at hillbillynerdtalk.com. From there, you can subscribe to our podcast. Right. From there. So uh, what do you think, Petra? Are you ready to wrap this up? I think so, everybody. Um, for, for more, one, thank you so much, Kathy, for being here. And if you've got uh, any questions about retirement, if you're getting ready to, please check her out. And we'll talk to you next week. 